Well, hello everyone. Welcome once again to Marty Meanders with Sally and Sam. And uh, on this beautiful summer's day, as it is at the moment, so I'm very happy to announce that we have some returning contributors and friends of the show today um, who will be talking with us about alignment and breaking down of silos. And um, those contributors are Nick Hughes from a Dynamic Coach, a Sales Coach, and Andrew Hancock from Brand Asylum. And of course, with Sally, in fact, as well, these experts in their fields have actually identified a gap in the market at the moment um, and come together to form Connect. Now, I'm going to hand over to Nick to actually give us a little overview of what Connect is and what it means. Um, and then we'll be exploring um, some of the questions and the themes around alignment and uh, breaking down silos within organizations. And I'm sure we'll be able to do it in a far more comprehensive way than I possibly could. So I'll hand over to you, Nick, to give us a little overview. And then we'll get stuck right into the conversation, I think. Thanks, Sam. Hi, everyone. Um, so Connect, what's Connect? The three people on the call at the moment, Sally, Andrew, and myself, have all come from corporate backgrounds at some stage in our life. And we recognize that um, in most corporates or in larger businesses, we should say, so we're talking outside of the, the micro and smaller SME markets, um, silos. <clears throat> so marketing do the marketing bit, sales do the sales bit. They never talk. They work on different timescales. They work on different projects uh, very often and uh, can be a draw and a drain on a business. Throw into the mix branding as well, which is you know all important to get that business up and running if it's to be recognised. And you've got a recipe for disaster and a recipe for uh, lost opportunities and lost money uh, from within the business. And we recognise that sitting back and looking at some of our clients, that actually the problem is there in most businesses just to varying degrees. And the businesses that can really capitalise on breaking down those silos and having their businesses to align uh, really drive through transformation and growth much faster, much more efficient, and become much more profitable and much more quicker. And that's what Connect is. Connect is about, is about aligning, transforming, and then growing individual businesses, regardless of the size. But we tend to see this uh, opportunity for medium to larger SME and into the international blue chips as well. So in a nutshell, uh, Connect is about uh, aligning, transforming and, and growing your business, whether that's from a sales and marketing, a brand perspective. Uh, and you could also throw in the other aspects of the business as well, from operations and so on. But our, our main focus is from our expertise, which is sales, branding and marketing. And just to, put it, just to finish the pitch off is what we do, what Nick, Andrew and I do is we will go into businesses and we will identify the problem because often you find that in particularly larger businesses, it's kind of sitting there in plain sight, but nobody can see it. Nobody really knows that sales is working off different goals and targets and marketing doesn't know what they are and sales don't know what marketing schedules are because often they're so siloed that they don't share those nitty gritty details. And you pop, you often, and we feel that somebody else needs to come into the business and say, we can see the problem because people don't really want to admit it's there. That's interesting, because I was going to go into that, really. It's about how you go about finding the symptoms, I suppose, of misalignment and you know, silo creation. Because, I mean, it would be interesting, I suppose, to take this from the top and sort of say, well, wh why do we think these this misalignment occurs and, and why do silos generate? I mean, obviously, we can see this in any, whenever human beings come together in any sort of organisation, these sort of things can occur. But 
if anybody would like to take up why they think this starts in the first place and then what's the symptoms we can diagnose and see within this alignment. That's a really interesting one and it's not going to be the same for everyone. So I'll just put one one thought out there. And um, part of it is as businesses grow, you probably get, you, you will then suddenly, you once upon a time you'll have had a sales and marketing team and there'll have been, been one person doing both and the marketing team will have done a bit of sales and the sales team will have done a bit of marketing and it's because there's probably only three of you. So you, just like our business now, we're all doing a bit of everything. And then you suddenly get bigger and as you grow, you go, oh, we'll have a marketing director and we'll have a sales director and we won't actually get them to work together straight away. So they'll disappear off into their own alcoves and it just begins to happen from that point. And then they'll recruit their own people. They won't talk to each other about who they're recruiting. And then in time, you find that you don't need sales anymore because I'm running a perfectly good marketing plans here. They're all going tremendously well. I mean, it's a bit annoying that they're asking us for leads. What do they know? And you get these people not really realising how much they need the other departments because they're doing fine in their silo. Thank you very much. And it, the bigger you get, the more it grows. And, and from a sales perspective, we are notoriously bad, poor and um, terrible for underselling the value of our business, our marketing campaigns, in particular our brand. And I see this on a fairly regular basis where people or sales teams don't really understand uh, what their brand stands for and then how that fits into the marketing and then how that fits into sales and how we drive value and added value from uh, from those from those benefits as well. So it'd be interesting to see what Andrew's view is on how brand aligns with uh, sales and marketing and what we've been talking about in the first first couple of minutes. Yeah, thanks, Nick. I, I also think there's a, a business cultural change that's been going on. It's like, you know, bigger businesses have kind of been and being ran the same for many years. And recently, and certainly through COVID and, and the younger companies coming through, the younger generation, um, they're all looking on how to differentiate and do things differently. And I think it's people who've got set in their kind of their ways and their silos of this is how it was done for years. And I think now people want to change that and they want to be disruptive in their market space and marketplace. And to do that, they're kind of looking at, at, we've got to actually look at things holistically and work out what actually needs to go where. So the brand needs to you know, be replicated and spoken to throughout the business, throughout the sales channels, throughout the marketing channels, and vice versa with sales and marketing. So it's almost like this a, a cultural change is happening within how people look to do business going forward. And I think the new tech companies, the younger companies, the kind of, you know, the, the, the really forward-thinking companies are doing this. And what we're hoping to do with Connect is like, you know, almost show people that it's not a hard thing to do. It's something that's very easy to do and transform. You've just got to not be brave as such, but as soon as you see it, you'll go, oh, God, I wish I'd done that sooner. I think one of the things to add to that, Andrew, is it's, it's, it's about being agile and agility, isn't it? You know, yeah. if we go prior COVID and, and traditional ways of running a business, Sales market, sales director, marketing director, operations, HR, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <clears throat> but what we've learned quite a lot of over the last couple of years, and probably certainly pre-COVID, is the businesses that are agile and can have that multifaceted, multitasking approach to their markets and their customers tend to be, well, more often than not, tend to be um, the fastest growing and, and the people that are at the forefront of the bell curve. Uh, capitalising on better margins, uh, better market penetration, uh, and are not the followers. They tend to be the leaders in their market space. They're also much more quick quick to develop to change. And the world changes all the time. 
economically, culturally, it's changing constantly. And the people who are better aligned are much better at responding to that change because they, they all do it at once rather than marketing suddenly doing something different and sales going, what the hell are you doing? That's not the same. So because they all function at once, they get the strength in numbers going forward. And then the whole company is doing it, not just sales. I think I think what's interesting is to add to that, Sally, as well, is that where there's almost like a third, a, a, sorry, a fourth person in here, which is your customer. You know, we've got sales, marketing and brand, but the key person in this is your end customer. So if you're not talking to, engaging, delivering to those people in the right way at the right time, then whatever you're doing is not going to work as well. So it's kind of understanding what that set end customer wants and needs now, because that's changed again since COVID, as Sally said. And recognising that that customer is the same for all of us, because I think sometimes we run the risk of confusing customers by brand coming them with the, with this brand story, and then marketing comes with a slightly different off-kilter story, and then sales is the people that are selling to making them buy something with a completely different story. And customers can find that incredibly uncomfortable. And as you say, I mean, it almost strikes me that the customer is your best um, perspective on uh, assessing how aligned or misaligned you are, I suppose, because they're the ones who are going to tell the story if they say that, well, actually, yeah, you know, I, I, for example, it might be the products categories you have. You say, well, actually, we have, we have a whole whole vast array of different uh, products we're offering you, but our brand talks all about, I don't know, um, it's all high, about high quality, but you have a massive range of different products and you're always trying to sell me something that is cost-effective, but actually you're going for quite... That, that, that sort of uh, misaligned story, I suppose, that comes across the customers, particularly customers who've been um, you know, uh, with you for, for a long period of time. I suppose they're the ones, really, who can give you that external perspective but the most critical perspective I suppose really. Brand is a really interesting one actually because I think one of the things you have to be careful with is that the product brand isn't the company brand so Unilever I always think Unilever is interesting because Unilever own craft cheese and washing powder so they do really clever branding they they have, they have to align because nobody knows most people don't aren't aware that craft cheese and you and and Persil come from under the same roof, but they do. And Unilever are clever because they have really Unilever have a brand which is a really powerful international brand for investors. That's what they're there for. They've invested, in that, and that what part of their benefits is having all these huge brands. But the brands underneath them have to have their own alignment. So Kraft has to align its sales and marketing, but it also has to have a thought to what Unilever is doing. So alignment isn't 100% obvious, but you've got to think about it all the way through the journey. Because actually, if people, it's just possible that your customers might absolutely hate Unilever. They might have lost loads of stocks and shares on Unilever, the waste of the money. Oh, my God, I'm never going to invest in anything that Unilever does. And so Kraft has to work very hard to make sure that, that customer doesn't know they're part of Unilever. So there's some quite tricky things that you have to do once you align yourself to make sure that your customer, as you say, is still part of that alignment. There's a, there's a, there's a great stat by a funder in, in 2019, um, which states that putting your brand values kind of front and centre can be a greater tool for generating more leads by as much as 89%. And, and, and that's a massive, you know, amount, that's a massive uplift. And it's, it's, again, it's what Sally was saying about, you know, if, if the business gets their brand values right and engages in the right way, 
then it can generate across everything. And that kind of feeds down to sales, marketing, and fundamentally engaging with the end consumer and customer. There's a really good um, symptom of companies aren't aligned. If you go into a into a sales team and you say, or in fact, a marketing team, and you say, um, when did you last read the brand guidelines? <laughs> Most people go, uh, oh, hang on, I've got them here somewhere. I'm not sure they're in a... Dr- oh, brand guidelines. Yeah, that too. I've never seen them, don't know what they are. What's the point? Yeah. That's a really good symptom and it shows that people aren't thinking carefully at all. Do you mean the 1978 copy we've got in the back somewhere? <laughs> yes, that one. Yeah, that one is... Or, oh, yeah, I read the first page. <laughs> That'll do because it's usually some kind of tome. I think the, the, just to go back to what Andrew was saying a second ago, and it, it, what he just said sort of reinforced what I was about to say before he, he, he spoke up before I did. <clears throat> Where you find those brands with alignment is from the top to the bottom. Um, we, we all experience this where there'll be a strategic direction set by a board um, or the shareholders, more often than the board, I should say. Um, it's then reinterpreted by the individual heads of departments. So by the time it gets down to the customer-facing people, the salespeople, or even the customer service people, the message is very often diluted <clears throat> and open to interpretation. Whereas if you take the example that Andrew was talking about and you overlay someone like John Lewis Partnership, Everybody from the top to the bottom is aligned on the one thing. And it's not about profitability. It's not about selling more. It's about providing uh, the best possible customer experience people can on the, on, on the high street for, for that individual customer at that moment in time. <clears throat> and whether you're dealing with, you know, somebody stacking a shelf in the, in the store and a waitrose on John Lewis, or whether it is somebody um, of, a, of a management position, it is all about that alignment to ensure that actually good values, good alignment around our customer service expectations breeds new customers. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm interested with this because, I mean, I think looking at, as we've said, alignment is it almost sort of strikes me. It's everyone's, I don't know if it's the right word, responsibility. I mean, everyone's got to have the, uh, an essence of that alignment. And I suppose it has to be that quite sim- simple central idea, potentially, ar- ar- arguably, that, that you actually get to, you know, be to inculcate it, I love using that word, across an entire enterprise. Um, but I mean, in terms of actually leading this and and driving it out, driving it through there, if you're getting alignment to the business, um, do you need to look at the the tools and the processes, the leadership, the management, um, all along the line, or say all up and down the, the organization to help actually make this work? How how do you think you go about about that? And where does that leadership responsibility lie to, to drive this, do you think? Can it- can I start just, just before that? Sam, I think what you need to do is define what alignment is for your business because each sector can take alignment as being meaning something completely different for each silo. So it's making sure that the definition of alignment is the same across all of those. That's a really good point. And I think Nick said earlier that it does absolutely have to come from the top. What has to happen is that your MD or your shareholders have to want this to happen. They've got to say, this will make this kind of financial difference and we are going to do this because it's not something I think that you can just hope's going to happen if you just mention it enough in the board meetings. It's something that's got to, it's an action you've got to take. This is about businesses being brave as well around their alignment. Sam, you're quite right. Is And what is alignment for that business? And if the business's um, main drivers of profitability, um, solid customer base, looking to grow with customers of a similar value set and a similar alignment. 
that business will grow significantly quicker rather than aligning itself to just grow in any way, shape or form, because you'll end up with different customers with different values, wanting different things. Uh, and then the business gets pulled in in all sorts of uh, queer areas um, that, that doesn't, it doesn't really want, whether it's price, whether it's margin, whether it's sector. Um, and then you find your business is diluted, you lose control. And actually that alignment from top to bottom then becomes um, uh, watered down. And it's not just about getting better sales. It's about getting return on investment right. Because what, what can happen if you're not aligned behind a purpose is that you're spending marketing budget or branding budget on things that aren't benefiting the vision. On, you know, an advertising campaign, which is actually going after is saying something contrary to what you should be saying. So there's a big risk that you're actually, you're not, that you, you have to measure more than just sales. You have to measure ROI as part of your alignment process. Also, I think you need to add to that. It's, it's, it's making sure that you have the regular meetings with the right people in those meetings. It's making sure the right people have the tools available to, to, to you know, communicate with their teams what the bigger picture is as an ongoing. Not like, you know, once every three years when you have a big team away day and we go, this is what we're going to do for the next five years. It's like almost like, you know, quarterly or, you know, half yearly or even monthly. There's like, this is the strategic direction of what the business is doing, what the brand's doing, what we want to communicate. And I, I mean, if you look at today's market, and more importantly, with how brands work and they're engaged with, every single potential employee becomes your brand ambassador with social media, the content they can create, the content they say. So it's really important that all those people, you know, understand your brand values and what message you want to push out at all times because they could be your biggest asset. Well, they are your biggest asset and they are the people that you're right and they're, they're probably nearer the customers than anyone else. They're, they're, they will be much nearer the actual end customers than the, than the shareholders. So you have to make sure you're absolutely right that absolutely everyone understands properly and it's properly embedded the the desire to talk about the brand all the time. And I, and I don't think that's so much as like a, you know, an internal comms PowerPoint piece. It's more to it than that. I, I don't think you can just solve it by going, sending everyone an email. This is what we're doing. It, it's it's not quite as simple as that. Or give everyone a, a coaster which has got the vision the vision values on it. But that also comes right back to um, how you set the business up and recruitment. You know, we we talk about recruitment. Uh, it's been in the press recently over the um, over the spring and summer around recruiting for competency or or recruiting on attitude and recruiting through attitude for me and uh, ability for people to show an expansive mindset to want to learn, want to develop, uh, is much more advantageous than someone who is competently perfect as a salesperson or as a marketeer or, or as a branding person or as an operations person. Yes, there has to be that skill set there. Um, but actually, that ability to be want to be part of the team, wanting to grow with the business and wanting to align with its values and where it wants to take it, makes life so much easier within a business rather than people fighting uh, your cause. That's a really, really good point because I think people have, being able to think laterally is really important. And I, uh, um, I think it's really important that people actually genuinely step out, physically step outside their silos. There's another good symptom you can see is if you visit companies where the marketing team 
never visit the sales team or they've never been to the warehouse or they've never spoken to anyone in operations to see how what they do impacts the rest of the company. Um, and it's um, I, I used to work somewhere where I would force my marketing people to go out with the sales rep because only then can they really see the impact of the 22 catalogues they're suggesting the sales rep carries. Um, because only then will they see the sales rep never takes them out of the bag. And you've got to make sure that people genuinely understand what the impact that what their job means to other people. Uh, it's interesting because as you've all been discussing this, it makes me, and it sounds terribly sort of arty and out there, but it almost makes you think the internal organisation is less of an organisation, more of an ecosystem almost, isn't it? It's trying to get everybody in, in, internally to understand that what they do plays an important role, as you say, um, Sally, uh, with with every every other part of the business. So it's almost like getting that acceptance of, and the word purpose, of course, has come up. I mean, the idea of communicating that purpose and not just being a sort of a, a, a typical top-down, um, you know, you say PowerPoint presentation every three years to say, right, this is what we stand for. It almost makes me feel this is needs to be a continual, constant drip feeding, and not just drip feeding, because I mean that's the important. I mean, I think. I don't know, from my perspective, this purpose has to be something that is inspiring, that has to be, as you say, with recruitment practices, you're looking to recruit people who are part of your business because they, you know, completely, you know, comes along and says, they're all cliches, oh, I passionately believe in delivering this or that. But if they genuinely have, you know, an interest and, and they're behind the vision of, of the organisation and think, yeah, I want to play my part, my role in delivering this greater goal, that's important, isn't it? And you've got to get that feedback I suppose from your your staff and at each management level, line management level, um, all the way to the top. Would you do you think that's important? Sort of get that sentiment and try and inst- say instill. I mean, it's it's how how to make that flourish more, isn't it? I'm using more sort of organic um, <laughs> uh, metaphors here about how, how you manage to make that thrive in a business. I, I, I think what we realise is that business owners and boards are busy people. You know, they're they're, they're tied up running the business as such, and they're working on the business to, to grow for the shareholders for you know to, to make it profitable blah blah um, so kind of the way we position it is like as connect is like you know we look into your business so you can work on your business so it's really like you know it's, it's having that outside and looking in as we said earlier holistically go actually everything's in place you just need to like tweak a few bits you need the messaging to change you need to have these regular meetings you need to you know, do things in a slightly different way. And it almost feels better for them not coming from the board, if that makes sense, if it's an external party, because it sounds like they're not being dictated to. They're being looked at holistically as a business as a whole, and they can then buy into that. Yes, that's right. And they've both, they've all, all these different sectors, silos, let us say, have been listened to. So we've asked that what would happen, what happens is that we go in and we ask tricky questions to everybody. It's not just, oh, well, sales obviously is going to be the problem. Um, we, we ask the same questions to everybody and just see what the different answers coming back are. I mean, that's often a really good symptom. If, symptom, if you've, you've asked each team, you know, have you seen the sales strategy? And it'll be, it's very interesting to see that the sales go, oh, yes, we look at it all the time and marketing saying, I didn't even know there was one. And then you've got a symbol. And not only does it give you um, a suggestion that there's a problem, it also gives you halfway to the answer so that you now know what the problem is, that you don't share this goal. Let's find a way for you to actually understand the sales strategy. 
and embed it into your marketing strategy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's interesting. I'm, I'm fascinated by that. It must, I think, it's very interesting to actually go in and look at organisations, particularly ones perhaps which have maybe grown quite quickly through the SME space, and then they've got to this point where they've been successful and they are perhaps successful. But as you say, there's those symptoms emerging, would you say, that are sort of starting to hint that though uh, those misalignments are taking place. But I mean, would would you say as well, as a part of like, um, as you said, referred to earlier, Andrew, about conveying and reinterpreting what alignment means for that business in their context, is that sort of the first step for people to try and understand what it actually means to them um, to, to then get to the point of going in and making those tweaks and those changes in processes, personality, et cetera, how they run the business? A hundred percent. I think it's very much that, Alignment shouldn't be a scary word and it shouldn't be a worrying word. It shouldn't think, God, everything's going to change. And, you know, it's not that at all. It's understanding what that definition of alignment is for your business and how that's communicated. We want to make your business better, not create more problems. I think people have to recognise that this is something that you as a business have to do. There isn't a kind of a stamp that you can just look. This is what this is how to do alignment. Everyone does it the same. And this here it is. Here's the template. And off you go and do it because that's not going to align you. Alignment is completely individual to each company. You have to do it from within. And you may have some. there are some you know guidance that can be supplied, but it has to come from within the company's soul to make it work and to embed it properly and to make it um, consistent. I think the key to that and the, and the rationale for that is that if you look at competitive businesses that are you know, younger, doing better, you know, they're already doing this. They're already changing this and they're you know, leapfrogging everybody else. So all the young businesses who are, you know, who are creating difference and differentiating themselves they're kind of looking at business and how it works in a different way altogether. Yeah, they're no longer worrying about their alignment because it's, it's just is a, it's, it's something, it's like breathing to them. They know they have this, these systems. It's a little bit like a, a, the analogy of a, you know, a, a football team. And, you know, you used to have a, you know, a right back or a left wing or a centre forward or a, you know, a right wing or a midfielder. And now you get these like utility players who come in and are able to play anywhere in those situations. And they can just be bought in and like sort out and then drag the whole of the team together to move the team forward. Yeah, and something crucial with that seems to be because I've used similar football analogy in the past describing something similar like that, I think, it was around, you know, the best football teams, the ones that um, you know, they they make the best of what they have, all the parts working together. Uh, and 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 it's that crucially from that seems to be there's there's a shared sort of you know, vision of how they want to play, but crucially communication. And again, it always seems for me, it comes back to this communication side. So whether that's, you know, direct communication or more sort of intuitive communication, where you're, as you say, your city player comes in and they know that, you know, um, stand up front is going to, you know, <laughs> like to get a, I'm not going to go too far into football stuff, by the way, uh, getting a long ball into the box and that's where he's strong. And I know that if I, you know, pass the right, that and so he's going to run onto it because they're really fast, et cetera. And you, you know how all the different parts work together, but you've got to have that understanding, haven't you, as that player, that individual within a business to know, as you say, sharing of plans, understanding how different teams work, what the kind of priorities are, et cetera, um, and, and then how to best, fit into that situation given where you are as a business given where you are as a, as a football team effectively with uh, that, that analogy well that's it everyone thank you very much for listening today uh, in the meantime if you want to keep in touch you can find us at meanders pod on twitter 
or you can get to us on Facebook. You can also uh, email us, which is meanderspod at gmail.com. So I uh, hope to see you or hear you or you to hear us next time anyway. And uh, good luck, everyone. Take care. Bye for now. Bye.